On this episode of Miked Up Pod, this one is about marketing. Guess what? We're all marketing something every day. If it's marketing a product, a person, ourselves, etc., we're all doing it. Most of the time, subconsciously. Marketing is one of the most important tools in being successful in any profession. So if you want tools and ways to grow your social media page, your business, yourself, this might very well be the show for you, as Rafi and Bobby brought some of the best advice. Enjoy. Marketeers. I actually enjoy that word very much, you know? I'm with two marketeers right here. Rafi Garbushin, Bobby Pena. What's happening, boys? Hello. Hey, Mike. <laughs> hey, Bobby. This is, a, honestly, I was looking forward to the show for a really long time. We finally got together. I put our schedules together. But because... In my opinion, we are marketing every day. Everything's marketing. Right? Yeah. Like ourselves, a product, whatever we're doing usually throughout the day, if we have jobs, even if we don't have jobs, we're marketing to our kids, Mm -hmm. right? To our friends. Like we're always marketing. (laughs) It's true. And it's one of those things where we're constantly doing it, but we don't know we're doing it. Uh, So I think it's going to be interesting. There's going to be a lot of good information. Bobby Pena is, uh, thank God, my brother-in-law. Yeah, that's so, me. Yeah. Married to my sister, who's got an amazing little niece, Liviana. And Rafi Garbushin is a buddy I went to high school with, but you were a couple years younger than I, right? Yeah, I think you were my coach, basketball coach Remember for that a too. couple seasons too. Yeah. Some really good stories too. I finally put you in a game. Yeah. Remember that one in Southwestern? Mm-hmm. You So Mike made me, he did a play to shoot a three-pointer. Do you remember that? In the weird gym with the low-hanging beam. <laughs> with the, the whole hit the lamp on with, top. With the dust. whole school. The refs looked at each other like, what do we do? What do we call that? <laughs> no, no, the one game the whole school was at, which wasn't a big school. And it hit the lamp and like dust fell yeah. off the lamp. <laughs> like that dust hasn't been touched forever. And Rafi decides to touch it with a basketball. I, I, dude, I remember it so vividly because you just grabbed the ball. You're so excited and you just like launched it. You just turned and just threw that thing in the air. Just so everyone knows listening, <laughs> that shot was going in. This was a stupid gym that the three point line and the, and the outline were both in the same. It was a weird unregulation sized gym. Without that lamp, it was going in. Swish. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> we all would have heard it. Let's get to the point why you guys, uh, well, let's get to why you guys, how you guys got to this point. I know about, I know about you, you were at Motor Trend for a while, right, Roth? Yeah. When, when I started, we had a hundred thousand followers total. And by the time I left, we had 21 million, uh, Holy followers. shit. Yeah. In how, how long of a period? I think I joined them 2011 and I left last year. So like eight years, I think oh nine years, gosh. something like that. <laughs> Fun. And, and it was gamble. The company was like, we have one guy doing this. Let's let's put t- a team together. And my boss told me, he goes, we have six months to prove that this is worth investing into or we're all out of a job. How'd they find you? I, I worked for them. Uh, I mean, prior, how'd they find you? A buddy of mine I met in class. I made a joke to him. We became friends. And then he recommended me for a job. He's like, all I do is read magazines and upload them to the website. And that I started at the bottom and... I met a guy in a break room and cracked a joke and he... Wait, a break room where? At Motor Trend? Yeah, yeah. So I worked okay. I worked as an entry-level position for one year. I graduated. I got a degree in business and I was making close to minimum wage. You know, I had a fun job. I'd read magazines all day, car magazines at that, and upload them to the website. But 
I, I remember I was interviewing for jobs and there was a there was a gentleman in the break room and he's like, why are you taking lunch so late, like 3.30, 4 o'clock? And I told him, oh, I've been interviewing all day for jobs. And he goes, what, you don't like it here? And I go, yeah, I love it here, but I need a job. I need a full-time job. I was working two jobs at the time, 60 hours a week. And he goes, give me, give me your resume, you know, uh, let me see what I could do. And then he walked away and I ran after him. I'm like, wait a second, who are you? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've never met you. And he goes, a corner office. I'm the only one with a couch. So I just, I, <laughs> I, print- got, I have to be somebody. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. got a couch in this place. I'm so happy I ran after him too. Cause I did not know who he was. And I printed out a resume and like handed it immediately to him. And, uh, that following day I got an interview and I started social media. That's it. That they're like, this one person does social media. His name's Chris and he needs a team. Welcome aboard. He's your boss. Who was the guy with the couch? The, he was the CTO of the company. Okay. And he, they, so this was a print magazine going digital print, a company going digital. So they, they were uploading magazine articles to the website. They're seeing traffic coming in, ad revenue coming in. They're like social media. We need a team together. We only have one person for the whole company doing this. And yeah, my boss told me, he goes, we have six months to prove this is viable. And then it from, wow. yeah. Dude, it was a gamble. Okay, wow. now did he know you had any marketing background, or did you have a marketing background? I had done internships at that point, set up Facebooks for people, so I knew I knew social media. Um, I was well versed at it how? at the time. Where? How'd you I, How'd you know about? I it? had started with startups, you know, uh, doing their social media. My cousin had a gym. Uh, my cousin has a gym in Montebello called Fit from the Ground Up. I did her social media. I set it up for her. Got that going. So. People would just give me that to do and I would just do it. It was something to do. I was bored. And then I never in a million years thought that that would turn into something. But did you have a background in the marketing or algorithms or, you know, any, any of that stuff, any I, of the back end stuff? I used to write blog articles in college as just 10, 20 bucks an article. And they would use that to get ranked in SEO. So that's how I kind of got into the field. And then... I, I, I got into the SEO aspect of it, how to get websites ranked into Google but then I just started seeing more and more people asking me for help with Facebook. And then that's how I got into the... Why do you think they asked you for help on Facebook? They just didn't want to deal with it themselves. But why did they ask you? Did you have a computer background? Like, why were you the guy? They're just like, do you, do you want to do this? Yeah. I, I think because you're so nice. And, I, and you're yeah, not going to say no. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, yeah. I've that, helped. That, that is a really good story. And, and that's awesome, dude. So, okay, you were there for like seven years or whatever. 11,000 followers? We had 110,000 110. followers between um, five brands. I started off with the Mustang brands. Mm-hmm. Muscle Mustang, Mustang Monthly, Modified Mustang, 5.0 Mustang, and Super Fords. And then we, we created a spinoff too. So 110,000 followers between them. And then eventually I joined the Chevy magazines as well. And accumulatively we grew it to 21 million followers. Wow. Now, was that between you and that guy, you and your guy that you were uploading these magazines to, or like, how did that, how'd you build that? So we had a full-time team of editors, photographers, they pumping out content that they're writing issue after issue for the magazine, but I was responsible for rolling it out on social. I was doing 50, 60 Facebook posts a day, just uploading content, uploading pictures, that sort of thing. It was, it was like a machine, just feeding into it for years just feeding into it and then i i took on side projects just 
I, I would do lowrider Arte, lowrider Girls. It was it was fun. I just did yeah. whatever whatever I like. It was yeah. a big company. Transworld uh, was part of it. We had a Dirt Rider magazine. So it, it was just people who liked doing cool shit. 2011, was Instagram around then or no? I don't think so. I don't think... It, or if it was, it was very, very was small. small. Yeah. yeah. Right? So Facebook was still the thing. Space, mm-hmm. Facebook was the thing, correct. Twitter wasn't really going to help you in that end, right? No. Facebook was kind of your outlet yeah. to Fa- build. Facebook was the was the kingpin. It, 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 I remember when Facebook just came out and you had to be a college student to join. Mm. That's what... That's what sold people on it. And when you uh, were there, twenty-one million followers, right? Yeah. When you, when your last day, basically. And where are they at today? I don't know. I okay. don't know to be honest with you. All right. I just. That's amazing. Yeah. That's that's pretty awesome. So we're gonna pot. We're gonna pause there, and we're gonna get the Bobby. Bobby, um, I remember the remember the band that you were in way yeah. back in the day. Yeah. You thought that band was gonna make it back in the day? Uh, no. I mostly just did it for fun, you know, and like. Um, it really was just kind of a reason for everyone to kind of get together and hang out and like, you know, go to bars and hang out with all my friends. And then, you know, playing music was something that I really enjoyed at that time. So it was just, you know, got together, play music, have fun, that kind of thing. And then um, started booking bigger gigs. Like we played uh, live on the radio at the House of Blues once and stuff. And then um, so we were kind of uh, ramping up, but then it just kind of like the band just like broke up yeah. out of nowhere. And then after that, I was just like, eh, I'm going to do something else now. And then uh, shortly after that, I started going to school and then um, really got into like the business schooling and uh, got my bachelor's in entrepreneurship and then got my master's in business as well. Never really had any like social media like experience at all. So, um, you know, when I started with it it was mostly just like, you know, personal accounts and this and that. And um but there was something that I was always just like, oh, I, I really enjoy doing this, you know, like, well, obviously the entrepreneurial spirit. I really like startups. I really like doing that whole dynamic. And so um, and honestly, like when I started um, My Human and Me kind of just um, started because I was going to um, start another one of the, you know, hundred million accounts that people start for their dogs, you know, and um, as I was going to start one for Gav, our dog, and then um, was just like doing a little tiny bit of research and realized that there's like millions of them out there, Mm. you know, like million dog accounts. And so I was like, well, how can I differentiate myself? Like, how can I make myself stand out a little bit more than, you know, the crowd out there, you know? So, um, I realized at that point people weren't really making accounts based on, um, you know, both the dog and the human together, like taking pictures and stuff like that. And so then, um, that's kind of where, um, the idea sparked where I was like, well, why don't I design it in a way where it's from the viewpoint of the dog taking ownership of the human? And so yeah. that's where my human and me came in. Yeah. So then I like started with that. Um, but I mean, starting from ground zero, like no followers, no nothing is tough, man. And every single phase um, from zero to a hundred followers is a phase from a hundred to a thousand is a phase you're telling me dude from a thousand to ten thousand another phase i I feel like i i give out decent content Mm -hmm. decent content and and the struggle is real to get out there and have people listen to this show is real like it is not easy especially with instagram because instagram is very visual so like it's all just like content content visual content you know so it's like people only look at an image realistically for a couple seconds before they they keep yeah. going, you know? Yeah. So like even like the videos that I post, that's asking a lot for people to stop and actually watch a video from start to finish, you yeah. know? 
So that um, it it really is just something that's just constantly moving and it's constantly growing and it's constantly you know, there's like a cycle occurring, you know, the attention span is this man. It's so small. It's like seven it's seconds. Ridiculous. It's yeah. like seven seconds. And, and by the way, my human and me, my, my human and me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My human and me is Bobby's page that you sound, you, you started from ground zero and yeah. now has 56,000 followers. Um, like a little over 55, 55,000 yeah. followers. Yeah. But we're gaining like, I mean, we, I'm, I'm gaining, um, like I, I reach about 1.5 to 2 million accounts per week at this point. And um, I'm gaining in the vicinity of anywhere between 500 to 1,000 new followers a week. That's no joke, um, man. So it's just exponentially growing. That's no joke. But um, the in the begin, like I said, the beginning part was getting how do you get you know how do you go from zero to 100, and then how do you go from 100 to 1,000, and then so you know 1,000 to 10,000 is another dynamic, you know. So it's like how do you cause it to happen, and it's uh, it's definitely like learning. Um, different ways to interact with people and that whole thing like i had people who had like more way more followers tens of thousands of more followers asking me to post for them because my interaction was a lot more with my posts than theirs were because of how i grew it we're talking about that pre-show rafi and i how that how that aspect is nowadays with social media yeah when did you see the 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 big one though like when did you see stuff actually really happening and really going on like how when how i reached around 20, 25,000 followers is when i started because then it was like at that point i had enough people actually following me that they would interact and Traction. cause things to go trend they're forwarding to their friends mm-hmm. somebody forward to them they get you get likes so you before, get follows i was really heavily dependent on hashtags well actually let's back up so like I, when I when I first said you know zero to a hundred was a thing um, because you know Instagram is very visual like I said so when people see your account and you don't have any followers nobody cares about you yep. you know nobody cares about what you're posting nobody you know they don't take a second look at your account you know um, the way that I one of the like main you know tricks that I got to get people to really pay attention to me was I would um, ask people if I could repost their pictures. And I, every single time, I mean, the majority of the people were like, no, mm-hmm. because they were like, I don't know who this, mm-hmm. this guy is, mm-hmm. you know, this creep with three followers. I know. But then eventually I'd get someone who said yes. And so every time someone would say yes, I would repost it immediately. Mm-hmm. And then I would keep doing that. I would keep asking him every time they would post something, I would repost it. And I, I did that initially for a long period of time to the point that those other people would automatically start tagging me. And then now every single post that they have, they're automatically tagging me. Mm. And so now their friends who are like, you know, a couple hundred are like, why is this person tagging this other person every single post, you know? And then I would just keep reposting that content and keep reposting it. And eventually they were automatically tagging me. And then my follower base started growing because people are like, oh, well, if I tag this guy, he'll probably repost it too. Mm -hmm. And I did. Mm -hmm. And then that kept like exponentially growing. So you're following from zero uh, day one to what when you had twenty five thousand followers? How long did that take? What what period was that? That was the longest stretch. So like from twenty five to fifty thousand was like. But what about a one month? What about one but to twenty five thousand? One to twenty five was like a year. Yeah. But I mean that's not bad, man. No, it's not bad, but it takes work. It's not just like. I mean, even if you have great content, it isn't just going to happen because you have great content. It takes like interaction. It takes building relationships. It takes, I mean, I ended up making friends. I still have a lot of friends on there that have other dog accounts that are like, I mean, I I texted this dude this morning was like, hey, um, is it okay if I mention you on this podcast I'm about to be on? And he was like, yeah, of course, you know. 
And this guy taught me a lot of stuff. He gave me a lot of like tricks and stuff. And he, um, nice. it's like check marked. So it, he differentiated himself because he has this dog, um, called Harslow and he balances stuff on top of his head. And like every picture is this dog balancing stuff on all sorts of stuff, <laughs> like eggplant, everything, you know, and people are just like digging it. He was on TV. Like now he has this check mark, you know, million, like, million followers. Um, I think he's like over a hundred thousand. Okay. Um, and, and he's verified on Instagram. Yeah. He's verified. As so a dog is at least. Yeah. And so it's like, um, so I asked him one day, I was, I like DM'd him. I was like, Hey, how do, how, you know, how do I get that traffic that you're getting? You know, how do you, how are you doing that? You know? And then he, he, they just kind of explained it to me, like broke it down. Like, Hey, you know, you really need to differentiate, differentiate yourself. Don't ever pay for likes. Don't ever pay for yeah. any of that nonsense. I haven't paid a dime on this account, you know? And I, I, I was talking to, um, joy the other day, my wife, and I was telling her that I can tell when a site pays for likes so easy instantly because yeah. every single post has the same amount of likes it has exactly a thousand every single post and you're just like there's no way you know yeah. and it's just like it's fake it's you so know? ugly too yeah right it's i mean it's such an it's, it's such so an bad. ugly move mm -hmm. it, it's a double you you kind of shoot yourself in the foot too because now you have let's say you have a hundred real followers mm -hmm. and you pay for a thousand let's say you pay for ten thousand those hundred followers will never see your content again yep because it's going to serve it to fake accounts. No one's going to engage. And your real engagement is going to drop to zero. Mm -hmm. Delete and start over. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was the other thing is that Instagram had changed their algorithm like a while ago, like in the summer sometime. And instantly, I mean, even my account just saw a huge like drop off because they, they changed the way that people interact with Instagram. So like instead of there was like a timeline before kind of like Facebook, you would just see the latest post that someone was posting and it would just keep repeating and people would just keep posting. So me having 55,000 followers, if I posted it, it, I could be assured that it would be at the top of 55,000 accounts. Well, they changed the algorithm to where they only show posts based upon interaction at that point. So now, even though you have 55,000 followers, if they're not interacting with you on a daily basis, it means nothing. And it's going to get pushed all the way to the bottom. And so I saw a huge drastic decrease in views. Like I was averaging at that point anywhere between 50 to 100,000 views per post, um, 40,000 likes, and I was growing 2,000 a week at that point. Jeez. And then it just dropped. Oh, and I couldn't get more than 5,000 views. And I was just like, what the heck just happened? Mm -hmm. You know, like how did, what happened, you know? And so I did a lot of research and realized that they had changed the algorithm. And then it really took me, cause at that point I was using, um, another app that, and I would like pre-plan all my posts in advance and it, and I wouldn't even like pay attention to it, just post it, you know? And then I had to take a step back and be like, no, I, I need to like pay attention to this mm. and bring it back, you know? And so, um, I had to go back and start interacting again with people and like, so liking. they're making, they're, they're giving you a, they're, they're putting a comment down in one of your posts and you have to reply and make so sure, I, or they're, yeah. or they're, they're I wouldn't, DMing you I wouldn't reply to, to them all or anything, yeah. but I would go in and be like, Hey, um, you know, I'd like this guy's comment if it was funny or like, you know, someone actually said something that was like. Uh, that I thought was hilarious, I'd comment on it and be like, oh, that was hilarious. And you know? prior to that, were you doing that? I did occasionally, but it like it went so fast. When you have, especially when you reach a certain amount of um, like follower base, um, when people are commenting, it just flies by. You're, you can't even just pay attention. So unless I'm physically um, like scrolling through the comment section, um, I won't ever see anything. You know? You, you know what trips me out the most? 
social media. Let's let's call like the big three dogs, like Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Would you call that the big three right now? Four. What? Who's the fourth? TikTok. Yeah, TikTok mm-hmm. for sure. But the new, right? It's like yeah, a little baby, like uh, like an infant. Well, YouTube's pretty big too. Yeah. YouTube's huge. That's right. I'll call YouTube four. Snapchat's kind of not as big as it used to be, right? Yeah, it was kind of a fling. Yeah. But here's my thing. Here's the crazy part is that I know people on Twitter who have 100,000 followers. Mm-hmm. They'll they'll tweet something. They'll get they'll get 400 retweets and 800 likes, right? They'll put the same exact post on Facebook and get four four likes. Yeah. Mm. What is that? Is that is that because of the following base on each platform or what? Like how how is that? It's the way the algorithm prioritizes content. And to your to your previous point, engagement. Facebook highly highly values engagement. Before it was a frequency game. At Motor Trend, we used to have uh, enterprise level suites where you just you know it we sixty posts a day. You're just loading that up, and it was just literally a frequency game. Eventually, it just stops working. To your point, mm-hmm. yeah, you you have to get the engagement. You have to find content that's going to go viral. I knew how a post was going to perform within one minute of looking at the engagement. Mm. Because if it didn't get a certain level of clicks, likes, comment, shares, this is done. You mm-hmm. might as well just delete it, start over. People started figuring this out. And then whatever these platforms do, you could game it. And people eventually figure that out. I'll give an example. Gary V. Instagram changed their algorithm. People freaked out because you went from millions of views a week to 100,000. Same amount of effort, just gone. Poof. So what Gary V. started doing was he started the 60-second club. You had to put a hashtag 60 second club. You had to comment. And if you did that, uh, he would pick a winner. He'd send you a book, sign, autograph a book, send it to you. So what this did was it forced people to engage with his post right off the bat. They did this by turning on notifications and then it gamed Instagram Mm. system because now all these people are flooding into a post. This must be great. And it just shoots it out to everybody. Mm. It's a simple question, but I know it's not going to be a simple answer. Mm-hmm. How do you build a successful media page? I really think it depends on what type of page that you're talking about. Like for me, I'm doing more of like a blog, right? So it's really easy for me because I don't have to do any content. I take content from someone else. They send me their content and they want me to post it because it'll trend. And so they get noticed because I'm posting their content, but I don't spend any time photography or anything like that like I don't do any of that so I'm like almost cheating the system if you will because I don't have to create anything all I'm doing is taking what other people are creating and I'm reposting it because I have a valid account you know Mm. Um, whereas if you're doing like a business account like you know like you said you know they had a whole team just creating content you know so it's like it's different I, I completely agree with that and to, to your point, Mike, it's different business models. I personally think that as long as people keep visiting your page regularly, then you've successfully created what you're trying to do. And as long as you could increase the number of people who visit your page uh, every day or every other day or weekly, then that's how you'll grow. You'll have real authentic fans that, what let's say you're a restaurant, they want to see your weekly special. They'll visit your page every week. They'll reach out to you and you respond to all of them. Your your menu specials are out there. Your information is up to date. You have a link for Yelp reviews that they could leave a Yelp review, a comment. Someone says, oh, we went. It was delicious. You comment, hey, thank you. Visit our Yelp page. Uh, so interaction. Yeah, interact. Mm-hmm. Got to interact. A- authentic interaction, yeah. yeah. Well, definitely co- um, 
quant—I mean, quality over quantity. Like, yeah. it, like having a ton of people doesn't mean anything if no one's interacting with you. You know, like I, I'm definitely fortunate in the in the sense that I have a solid fan base, so that like almost anything that I post, I get these these same people commenting on everything and tagging people all the time, you know, and I see them every single time. And so I try and stay like loyal to them too, you know, and like we'll post for them, you know, just cause I know that they're there. They're constantly there. They're interacting, they're liking, they're showing their friends and stuff like that. So I, you know, for me, when you're, when you're creating more of like a blog status, um, it's really about, um, cause that was a thing for me too, was, you know, because I started from scratch, I really had to learn, you know, what type of content was going to be valid and what type was just going to fall by the wayside too, you know? So yeah. it's like, I get thousands and thousands of people sending me content all the time. Like just every single time I turn on Instagram, I get tagged by something, you know, multiple times. And mm-hmm. so I had to really, and you know, I really had to like go through it and decide and figure out what was going to be stuff that people wanted to see and what wasn't. Yeah, you got to weed out the good and the bad. Yeah. You got to know your audience. Mm -hmm. Your foundation is there, so you got to take care of them. Yeah. Right? Those are all important things for sure. But man, building that is, is, like you said, it took you a year to get to 25,000. Yeah, that was rough. But 25,000 is no joke. I mean, just to get to a thousand, just to get 500, just to get Mm -hmm. to a thousand, to 5,000, to 10,000. Well, I will say this too. Like definitely um, there are discouraging days, Mm -hmm. you know, so don't like lose heart because there are times you're like, oh, this is an awesome post and I love it. And then you stick it up there and literally nobody likes it, you know, and nobody (laughs) watches it. And you're just like, dude, what the heck? You know, like this was gold, you know, and nobody cares, you know. That's the crazy thing. Rafa and I were talking about TikTok, this new app. Rafi is, has been on it for a couple months now. A couple months. Yeah. He has one video that has one million views. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He has sixteen thousand followers in one month or two months. I yeah. And now this stupid video, this Halloween dance or whatever, is like this new hot thing. Yeah. So you can like take your time, Bobby. Back to your point. Take your time and like really put some good content together. Mm-hmm. This show is no joke. When I say no joke, it takes time. Like yeah. I have to prepare. And then these idiots are dancing like <laughs> these Halloween, you know, idiots, and they're getting like thousands and thousands, hundreds and, of thousands. You know, Mike, it's, like it's crazy. Ridiculous. That's what it is nowadays. Yeah. You have to feed your audience. Like you have to feed what people are looking for, and you have to adjust to that, right? So you have to make sure you know what they're looking for. And but how the hell do I know that? Running a freaking podcast. I've 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 done. I tried quantifying this one time. Uh, I've done hundreds of thousands of posts and Bobby, I'm sure this has happened to you it, that you post something, you walk away, you have dinner and you, you, you know, you're like, oh, it'll be like an average post and you come back where you're going with and this. it just explodes <laughs> and you're like, what? and, and then you kind of chase the dragon. You're like, try to figure out why was it the time? Was it what, what, why that one? Yeah. Why that one and not this one? Right. And you, you try to, you try to wrap your brain around mm. it. And you just fucking can't. Yeah. You can't. have you you don't know. You Some, can't predict it. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I mean, like right now, I had one. Joy sent me one, and so I posted it. Like the next day, three hundred thousand like views on yeah. it, and I'm just like, what the heck? Uh, back in the day, the Lakers traded for Chris Paul, and well, they thought they did, and that was like the big big news, right? And I was on Twitter back then. My buddy had an inside to it prior to ESPN and Fox, like all these guys, he's like, Hey, Lakers got Chris Paul. So I'm like, I got, I'm going to throw it out there and tweet it. I don't know if I can, my 150 followers or something stupid. I put it out there, dude. I, I had that same feeling. It was the greatest feeling in the world. I've had it one time. Yeah. It was the greatest <laughs> feeling in the world. I'm getting like 200 retweets. I'm getting 
500 new followers within an hour. Mm-hmm. What the? I'm looking at my phone and it's like your emails are refreshing and yeah. new follower, new follower. I'm like, what the fuck is, is going on Is this a mistake? Here? What's happening? Yeah, mentions like galore. That whole weekend was cra- I'm getting death threats because the trade never went through. <laughs> Literally death threat. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to find you. I'm going to kill you. I'm oh like, dude, I'm just spreading the news. After I reported it, ESPN came out with it. So I was like prior to those like insiders, right? Wow. Yeah. And then of course it doesn't happen. My shit luck. It doesn't have mm. doesn't go through. So I'm the idiot. So now I got these death. I had to like block like 40 people. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty bad. But I know that feeling. It's happened once. I'm kind of an amateur about it. But I mean it it it, it felt pretty pretty good. Yeah, it was a different feeling. And you you kind of get addicted to that feeling too. You you definitely it's definitely real. The high, right? Yeah. That yeah. high. That constant high. You want it. My my TikTok video that got a million views. Mm. I had twenty three followers when that happened, and that's what wow. makes this that's what makes this account unique. This this platform twenty three followers. I did it just because social media is my living. I need to know how to use it mm. for brands. Sure. So so I'm like, all right, I'll figure it out. I'll mess around with it. My fiance and I were gonna watch uh, the Avengers movie, so. You know, we I went there straight from work. She went there straight from work. So we're sneaking in dinner. We had Chick Fil A. It's a great video. It it it, she, it really is. It, it, we took thirty seconds. We just shot it. You don't even see her face. You don't see my face. It's just her sticking Chick Fil A under her jacket, and we're gonna sneak it into a movie theater. And she's pretending, pretending like she's pregnant. Pretending oh she's God. pregnant. Who's gonna question you? Yeah, nobody. Yeah, yeah great video. And and. I, I walk into the movie theater disappointed going, oh, I wish I took my time on that. That could have been great. Yeah. And when we get out, thousands of likes, thousands of, you, like you said, just you're refreshing it. All these new followers are rolling through. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. Yeah, you never know. That's so crazy. Uh, so how often does the government hear us? According to Edward Snowden, every time we use our phone, every time we take it with us anywhere. Can we turn that off? No. You can't turn it on like a microphone or if you shut like Instagram, like you turn your phone off. That's the only way. Edward Snowden was on uh, Joe Rogan's podcast yesterday. And that's that's the point he was making is goes even if you turn it off, they can turn it on and it it appears that it's off. So there's no real way. And he and he goes, if you get to that level of where they're turning on your phone to listen to you, (laughs) they already know everything you're doing. Yeah, You have more things to worry (laughs) about at that point. I mean, it is scary, dude. I have conversations with people all the time, as you guys do. And an hour later, you're on Instagram, and there is an ad mm-hmm. about the same thing. Mm-hmm. I was talking to my cousin yeah. about losing hair. I was, he was losing hair. I was like, damn, man, I need to find something about losing my hair. And I get a notification on my Instagram about an ad about losing hair. I'm yep. like, what is this? And then I remember the conversation. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. I've had a meeting with uh, Facebook project managers before and i've asked them point blank like this is a professional meeting i go listen okay uh we have a you know break i need to ask you do you guys listen to what we do and Mm -hmm. and exactly what you said and they started laughing they're like we get this all the time no we don't they're full of shit it's in the it's in the terms of service that they can turn on your microphone they could turn on your camera and listen and then obviously we're all getting ads for this stuff i was talking to my coworker about a planner she bought one we're talking. I get an ad for the planner. I've never searched for it before. Why am I getting this ad? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Two and two together. That's it, man. Yeah. Yeah. I was on the phone with a customer. We're talking about Uber Freight. Okay. On the phone, not in conversation with the phones being down. We are on a telephone conversation. I swear, an hour later, Uber Freight ad on, on Instagram. Do you ever get a phone number and then they get suggested to you on Facebook as a as a friend? Add this person. Oh uh, yeah, I'm probably sure. Yeah, that, I'm sure. Yeah, you interact with someone on Instagram, yeah. they'll appear on your Facebook feed. 
the the more yeah. these the it's, more these apps integrate it's, it's ugly all yeah it's ugly and the problem mm-hmm. is is we're all addicted to it mm-hmm. so we're like oh, i'm gonna get it's off like volunteering no, our information anyway yeah like, here, the take it. government man mm-hmm. i'm telling you it's 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 ugly hey back to tiktok though you're you really believe in this thing and you think this is the next app that's going to take off yeah how many users do you think it has right now to be honest, Mike, I don't know. Okay. But I, I do know it's in China. China has a shitload of people, so millions and millions of users. It's starting to catch on with celebrities in the U.S. And the reason I think it'll take off, it's different enough. And the next generation, the kids are on this. So from my experience with Facebook and how I saw that trend play out, once the next generation picks something, they stick with it. That the, Facebook's dead. That's what the parents are using. Twitter, that's what the reporters and politicians are using. Kids aren't tweeting. They're using Snapchat for messaging each other. They use it like uh, like texting. Yeah. So that's why I think this will be the next one. It gives people the chance to be TikTok famous. This is the fame. This Everyone will experience that moment of fame when one video of them sticking Chick-fil-A, pretending to be pregnant, <laughs> will get a million views and they'll be hooked chasing that. That's so true, yeah. Now, how would you explain TikTok? It's a 15-second it's a clip. It's what Vine used to be, mm. but with 15, 45 second in Why a did Vine fail? I think they just killed it. Twitter, tw- mm-hmm. Vine was a Twitter uh, right. platform. One of them bought mm-hmm. them out, right? Yeah. 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 And they killed it. I think it was so stupid of them to do. Why would you kill? They had such a cult following to it. And the kids are excited because they're like, oh, it's like Vine, but longer. Wait, did Facebook own Vine or Instagram own Vine? Or? Instagram bought Vine. Well, they probably shut it down because they were scared of competition. If right? they were smart, they would have just integrated it into their platform or keep it separate like Instagram did with Facebook. But they're mm-hmm. kind of doing that with stories now, Instagram, right? Yeah. It's kind of like Vine, no? Yeah, but I think I think Instagram did that just because... Um, well, we, we know Instagram did that just because they, it was a threat. Snapchat was a threat and they wanted mm-hmm. to shut it down. Right. And and you you definitely saw all the, mi- all the users migrate back to Instagram when they did that. Sorry, back to TikTok now. Okay. A 15 second clip. Yeah. And is it, I, I looked at the format and it's mo- mostly about like popular people that are coming up, like popular videos that are coming, not, not celebrities or anything like that, but like popular videos that are coming up like in the front. Yeah. But if you, you have, I think you follow like 20 people. Are you able to just find those people and see what they're up to for the day? You, you can, but then it also serves you what's trending. Mm-hmm. So Facebook, the way Facebook and Instagram is trying to make their algorithm work is it wants to get people hooked on a dopamine rush of uh, finding a viral video. So it'll serve you a viral video. And then you have to scroll through, you know, BS after BS after BS until you find the next viral video. And then sometimes you'll refresh. It goes all the way to the top. And you're like, oh, no. Right. You're getting ads every time you serve. They're not stupid. They can do a much more efficient way of serving it to you. TikTok just gives it to you. The second you get on TikTok, you're served an ad. Then after that, you're you're already on. For now, though, Roth. They right? want yeah yeah for now yeah. But they want to just keep people happy. Everything's a viral video that they're showing you. Right. Does does the video expire? Does it is it like a twenty four no. hour thing? No, it's there forever. Oh yeah. Sheesh. And then um. So it's kind of like a YouTube ish. Yeah. Right. It it is. And then the. Short the, videos. The interesting thing is you have a hashtag, let's say Lakers, and you do the number one Lakers video. I, I was the number one Chick-fil-A video for hash, for hashtag. I, I spelled Chick-fil-A wrong, so I was there for a while. Mm-hmm. And I was there until the next best video came in. And so you're king of the hill, basically. Mm-hmm. As long as you can dominate that hashtag, you'll be there when someone searches that hashtag. So that, it's kind of interesting how... I, I like studying the way these algorithms work. And of course, nothing 
they could change it tomorrow, like Bobby mm-hmm. was saying. Yeah. Rafi works for a big company. He signed a non-disclosure agreement, so we can't mention who he works for. But how many hours do you spend on their social media day? Uh, 40 to 50 hours a week, full-time job. It's a, I, they make you know, $10, $20 billion in annual revenue, so it's a pretty substantial company. And then uh, it's a global company, so uh, more hours than that off off. Like after hours, well, yeah. I'll provide support to other uh, other nations. We have teams across the world, so it, it could take up a lot of time. And sometimes they'll send me send me to uh, different countries and train their staff and work with their staff. Are you literally running their like Instagram page? Yeah, okay. yeah. And then uh, I set up influencers to come down. I'll give them a tour, uh, help the influencers record content, or they'll send me to customers to record content. That sort of stuff. It, it's I, I'm living the dream. I love it. <laughs> How'd you get in with them? Uh, Just applied on Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. I just interviewed and showed them my portfolio and and joined. You have a funny drone story that you wanted to mention. You were going to talk to me about it pre-show. Yeah. But let's, 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 let's hear it now. So they wanted to send me. So I'm the, I'm the digital guy. I'm the, I'm the marketing guy for, and I guess they needed a drone footage. The, the head of the company, she'd seen a, you know, a, a nice drone video professionally done. So she showed me, she sent me that and she goes, I need you to fly here and, and shoot me one of these. And so I'm looking at my boss. I'm like, I don't know how to fly drones. I don't, I've never done this. <laughs> I, I, they gave me a drone uh, to, to take with me and I'm just panicking. What do I do? So I'm watching YouTube tutorials of like kids teaching me how to fly the drone. <laughs> that's that's like that's my go-to too. Yeah, how to tie a tie. <laughs> that's my favorite one. <laughs> what else are you gonna do? You just gotta figure it out. Right. And and so I'm I'm trying and and there's like 50 people there, you know, setting things up for me to get the shots I need. And I, the drone's not working. It needs calibration. I'm like, what's calibration? Where mean? are you right now? I'm just in another state. I was okay. in the U.S. Okay. I just remember I couldn't figure it out. So I go, you know what? Plan B. I'm, I stuck my head out of the car and I'm just no getting way. the shots I need. I'm, I have a camera in my hand and I'm just recording the shots I need. And in my head, I'm like, what looks like a drone? I'll stand on a bridge and I'll get another shot I need. I'm in an automotive. Uh, I, I work in the automotive space, so I'm getting creative with it. And then post-production, I edit everything to look like a professional drone shot, each one. And uh, I edit the sound sound out, and I give it to them, and they're like, "This is great. This is exactly what we wanted." And my boss is like, "How did you do that?" I'm like, "Oh, I had no idea how to do it with the drone." And I told them how to do it, how I did it, and they're just all laughing. They're like, <laughs> "There you go. Now we'll get you the drone you need." And I, ever since then, they gave me time to actually practice with the drone, and now now they send me to actually record, you know, whatever you said, videos. You said you've like turned into like some uh, photographer now. Yeah, I. I I, I've learned, I, I probably have about 100 hours now practice with the drone easily. Nice. Yeah, and I, I've, I've learned how to shoot it. I, I know how to how to use it, how to troubleshoot it, how to edit with it. And yeah, who knew? It just started with YouTube videos and figuring it out. Did you finally learn how to calibrate it? I did. I did. Okay, if you ever encounter this problem, you hold it out in front of you and you turn in a circle 360. That makes sense. But then it also, you need to do another 360 like, like I don't, how do I explain this, Mike? What I'm doing here? Uh, like windmill, like, yeah, like a windmill. windmill. There you go. So unless you do that, it won't work. So I'm just on oh, the wow. side of the road trying to figure this out, <laughs> spinning in a circle, and people are looking at me like, "Are you are you ready? Can we do this?" And I'm like, "It's not working. It says calibrate, calibrate." <laughs> 
How about kids? You know, it's nuts how an average Joe can now be on YouTube and make hundreds of thousands, if not millions, millions. of dollars yeah. making videos. What about that kid that just plays with toys the and toy? makes like $50 million a year? And he's like 11 or 10 yeah, or whatever he is. He's young. Crazy. I mean, it's dude, that blows my mind. Yeah. Well, it just the whole... The whole mind social media thing in general is just weird, right? Because you're posting a content and then society is telling you that it's cool and everybody starts liking it and then they start showing their friends and then they decide that that's cool too and then they start commenting it and then like if you want just comedy, just roll through any type of comment section because there's always going to be some hater on anything, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. like... Oh, look at this cute little dog. Oh, it's so awesome. And then somebody's like, oh, that's the worst dog I've ever seen. Yeah. And then someone's like, no, F you, you're the worst I've ever yeah. seen, you know? It's and just, then it just... That's that's the world we live in. It's amazing. A lot of hatred, a <laughs> lot of anger. Yeah. Yeah. We're, yeah. YouTube is, is, is good for that. YouTube right now is the second largest search engine in the world. Mm-hmm. Google's number one. I mean, think I about it. it. I believe it. You, you want to tie? You want to tie a tie? You said that, Mike. Mm-hmm. Do you Google it or I, do you YouTube it? YouTube all YouTube. day long. Yeah. yeah, visual, right? I yeah. mean, I've people done that like, with the tie too. <laughs> yeah, me too. Oh. People like visual, right? Yeah. People like that. You want to see it visually. And, yeah. And I think, I think Google's algorithm, the way they serve you content, is outdated. Mm-hmm. How many times do you want to just bake a cake? You want a cake recipe. And you go and it's a 4,000 word essay. Mm. And you're like, just get to the point. My grandma started in this country <laughs> in 1901. <laughs> and you're like, oh, just give me the recipe. What are you talking about? YouTube? I'm talking about Google. 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 But now if you, if you go on Google, like if you type in, you know, how to bake a cake, will it now take you to like a YouTube video though at the top? It can take well, you to... Well, they show those, yeah. Yeah. Huh? Or you can optimize. It's called search engine optimization that... that a snippet from your article will just appear and it'll give you the exact information mm-hmm. you want. Mm-hmm. You might not get the traffic, but at least you're ranking at the very top of Google. Mm-hmm. So, and, and in fact, that's better for you. If people go to your website, they find the information and they leave, Google will count that against you. They'll be like, ah, this website's not good. People are coming and bounce. leaving. Yeah, the right. bounce rate's too high. Mm-hmm. So it, Google realized that that's a flaw in their system. So this is their way of counteracting that. Mm. How about kids on social media? You think they should be on social media? If I had a kid, I wouldn't let him, How him old? or her. What well, depends old? on the age, yeah. Yeah, well, I would just let them live their life. And and yeah. here's another question for you, Mike. Is it okay to post kids' pictures on social media when they're one, zero years old? They don't have a say in it. It's yeah. out there for the world. Is that okay? I don't I don't have the answer. What do you do? Well, I, I have a personal account and a child, and um, it's private. So only people that I allow to see it will see it in that regard. So um, I think that's, to me, that's acceptable. Like, I wouldn't go public with my account, personal account, and then post of my family. I mean, even on um, My Human and Me, they, I mean, up until this point, when uh, my followers are now going to listen to this podcast, um, they had no idea if I if I was male, female, or anything. You know, I could have been a dog for all they knew. You know, so it's like, um, just because I I'm very private with my content about myself. You know, and so in in that regard, I think um, there's a ton of influencers that are posting of their children and like all sorts of stuff. And um, I don't know, it's a, there is a line there that that people cross. I think, and um, it, some of it's just. I mean, it will make you uncomfortable, you know, so. Roth, you're saying you wouldn't, if you had a kid or when you have a kid, you're not going to allow them to be on social media? Honestly, I wouldn't. From what I'm seeing out there, how it rewires people's brains, yeah, I I wouldn't do it. Uh, 
one of the early founders of Facebook, he did a talk, I think it was with Stanford. I don't remember his name. He was an Indian gentleman. And he, he basically said, he's like, I don't let my kids on social media. Um, it rewires their brain, blah, blah, blah. It's a great talk. Yeah. You should listen to the whole thing. Now, I have a question. How long would you wait, Bobby, before you let them on social media? Or would you? Oh, we don't even, like when I get home from work, we don't even really use our phones at all, you know, or I try not to, you know. Um, and she doesn't have an iPad. She's she doesn't have an iPad. We don't watch TV. We don't do any, we read books, the, you know. The That's TV awesome. you watch with her is Jeopardy. I don't even watch that anymore. No? No, That's the like only thing that show. she's ever really seen um, is uh, the um, Planet Earth because she likes the aquarium, so yeah. we watch like the fish episode. Um, <laughs> but that's it, you know. Mm-hmm. And other than that, we just keep it keep it simple, yeah. you know. Let's go outside. Let's go for a walk. Let's do this, you know. And, you know, I agree. I think um, giving them phones, giving them iPads, giving them stuff, just like funneling their brain into nowhere, you know. It's like, yeah. I mean, us, I mean, even with us reading with, you know, Liv now, it's like she's, picking up on the ABCs already. She knows most of them. She's only like a year, you know? So it's wow. like has a tremendous effect on their brain because the first years are so detrimental. Vital. You know? I say the first seven years are so important. Mm-hmm. The first seven years. So you're off to a great start. Yeah. There's, there's a, there's an author I really like. His name's Taleb Nassim. He's a statistician. He wrote the book Black Swan. Mm. And he says, he's got a quote that he, he basically says, Tech, the good thing about technology, you could control what you want to use and what you don't want to use. Mm-hmm. So to your point, reading is an old technology, mm-hmm. but you're using electricity, you know? Mm-hmm. So you're picking and choosing what parts of technology you want to bring into your home. Yeah. And then you're not following all the trends. Mm-hmm. You're reading with a book versus mm-hmm. reading from an iPad or a phone. You might get distracted. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, that's a great way to live your life. That's, yeah. no that's doubt, how I would man. do it. There's times when I'm, I'm, I wake up in the morning on a Saturday and I'm in bed for 30 minutes on my stupid phone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Going through my stupid social media mm-hmm. and, I, and I in. catch myself and I'm like, what did I just do mm-hmm. on a beautiful Saturday morning? I'm here in my stupid bed, <laughs> wasting time in life, you know? Drives me nuts. Mike, I do the same thing. Yeah, we I all do. The same I mean, thing. we all do. It's the, it's it's the worst. One of those things. It is. And you know what? Social media, like, is it's such an amazing tool, and it can be an amazing tool, you know, for businesses to get out there, for, um, I mean, oh. Instagram has made businesses famous, you know, or um, successful, you know, so it, it can be a huge tool. Um, but it also can be a sinkhole at oh the same gosh. time, you yeah. know? Dude, there's businesses that are in business because of social media. Mm-hmm. The platform is incredible mm-hmm. if you know how to use it. Exactly. Like, incredible. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to ask you a personal question with this podcast. Uh, we were talking about attention span and how low they are. I, I like to keep my shows under an hour or right at an hour. But a guy like Joe Rogan who has millions of followers are at three hours. Yeah. I can't listen to one of those shows. I love those. I I, I, see, I can't do that. But how? But do you listen to the yeah, entire thing? Yeah, three hours straight. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. At your desk at work. Yeah, or? exactly. I have an hour long commute each way to work. I listen to audiobooks. I listen to podcasts. I've probably consumed over a million hours of podcasts. I've listened to every Joe Rogan podcast. Hmm. All of his friends. I've listened really? to them. Yeah. The only time I can't is when I'm writing content. Mm. But other than that, if I'm doing analytical work, so I like social media because you have the creative aspect of it, 
when you're creating content using that part of your brain. But then there's also the analytical side of things. A brand approaches you, Bobby. They want a report. Give me impressions. Mm -hmm. Give me engagement rates. You're literally looking at a spreadsheet like an accountant, bored out of your mind, Mm -hmm. crunching numbers, going through literally manually crunching in these numbers so you could get paid. Podcast. It keeps you sane. Mm. I listened to all of yours, Mike. Uh, just went back and listened to them all. Just, just because you're going to be on the show. Hundred yeah, percent. You're an asshole, Rafi. Why? Because you didn't listen pr- prior. I did. I did. <laughs> I just re- <laughs> <laughs> you're such a good salesman, man. I, I, I mean, don't know. I don't know how to sell, man. You've <laughs> <laughs> been selling yourself all evening, man. You're doing a great job. Don't sell yourself short. <laughs> You're the best, man. Let's. Um, there's a few questions that we got yesterday and today. This is a pretty cool question. What is the best time and day to post on social media? I don't believe in a time and day. Yeah. I think you just post as frequently as possible. Um, when we met with Facebook, they told us, we, we asked them that question. This was years ago, uh, a couple years back. So the algorithms changed since then. But they basically said, we're constantly looking for types of content to put in your feed. We want this many photos, this many link style posts, this many video posts. So if you have the post with the engagement, we'll pick you and we'll put you in a news feed. So hmm. I, I personally believe if you post late at night, midnight, 2 a.m., you have less competition of things to hmm. go against you. So if someone engages with it, you post it. But now to Bobby's point, if you post too frequently and the engagement sucks, you've shot yourself in the foot. Mm-hmm. Facebook or Instagram is going to say, nah, this content's not that good. Man, not only that, man, it yeah. an, it's an, it's annoying. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. You can't post too often. You can't. I don't believe in it. No, they'll hide you. It's uh, like f- it's it's basically like flooding accounts because mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you're just posting too many times. And it's like almost not, spam, right? And like like he was saying, there's there's not enough um, uh, interaction with your with your content. And so that just flags your account. Kind of spam-ish. Yeah, it's spam-ish. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So it's it's not good. What is good? What is a good average, like on a weekly basis? Also kind of depends on what you are. Well, let's say you're trying to promote a product. I like once a day, personally. Mm -hmm. That's what I do. If you're going to promote a product, your best bet is either go through influencer marketing, let them worry about it, mm-hmm. or do paid ads, paid paid social, mm-hmm. especially if you don't have a following. That's for a product, too. Yeah. Um, it's definitely, you know, when you're, when you're doing a post, um, well, even if you're a business account, it can tell you, like, what days and times are better, um, you know, to post and stuff like that. But um, I would just pay attention with people who, like, are interacting with you and stuff like that and mm-hmm. um, just constantly tracking. That's what I do. I just track everything. You know, I post once a day um, unless I post something and it just didn't do very well, then I'll post something else, you know. Um, also for, you know, you have to think about it in, a, in terms of value, you know, like your followers, they want almost like a return on investment, right? That's really what a product is, what you're selling, whether it's a service or people want to feel that emotion tied to it, especially when you're when you're on like Instagram, they see it, they want to have, so either it's funny or motivational or, hey, I want that product, you know? So there is a return for value for what they're seeing and that's why people end up following you because they feel like this is going to value them somehow, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's really what you're trying to get at. That's what you're, you're trying to pull that out of people because you're like, okay, I'm providing you this content and it's giving you some sort of value, whether it's a laugh or a cry or whatever it is, mm-hmm. this product. And so people are like, oh, I dig that. I want that. I want that product, you know? And so 
Um, that's really what you want. You want to create it in such a way that you're providing value for this specific. And, you know, when you're creating, you know, if you are starting from scratch, you, you need to figure out what your niche is, what your aim is. You know, what are you providing? What type of value? Are you just, you know, Joe Schmo just posting whatever? Or are you like, oh, I want to, I want to aim towards this and this is what I'm going to start focusing on. And, um, how are you going to increase that retention with people because you're providing that value that they want, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. they, I guarantee you, they'll just go somewhere else and get it from oh, some other yeah. account, you know? There's millions of them waiting in line, man. Yeah. yeah. Which also reminds me, um, always check out another account that, that has a ton of followers that you want to be like. And what, and, and what they're doing. And what they're doing. Yeah. What are they doing? What do they post? What are, you know, how often do they post, you know? I mean, some of them can get away with posting a lot more because they have a million followers and sure. they're going to get that interaction no matter yeah. what. Yeah. So got to keep that in mind. But um, definitely, I always check out the competition, so to speak, you know, and, and know what they're doing. So mm -hmm. that way you can kind of be in that same game because that's what you want, you know. Bobby, I think that's a that's an excellent point you brought up. I have, a, I have a question for you, actually. Yeah. Do you do different types of posts? Do you do photo post and a video post and that's one for the day do you do photo today a video tomorrow how do you how do you determine that well i was mostly doing photos to begin with and then i kind of transitioned over to videos because i was getting a lot more interaction yeah. because of them um and so now i'm just primarily videos um, okay. if i'm doing photos i'll do it more of like a story um, yeah so people because there are like photos that people send me that i'm like oh this is kind of cool you know and then i'll post it in my story you know and tag them and stuff but primarily i just um i get sent videos like all day long of people like with their dogs doing all sorts of stuff you know and some of them are hilarious you know and you're just like oh this is this is great you know so i mostly would just pick and then i have um like a repost app that saves all the content that i thought was you know genius or i liked and so i just have like a series for like almost two weeks of content you know and then i just like will pick oh yeah i remember i, I like this video and then i'll repost it up there um but it's it's definitely um i've had to learn how to like say no to some people too because yeah. once they once you allow them to dm you then they they're constantly like trying to get at you you know so i've had to really learn how to like tell people no or if they send it to me i could still see it download their content without allowing them to actually contact me and then post it for them and that way if they try and dm me it, it's not going to go through you know so there's that too uh another really interesting question she said more people are consuming content but not following or subscribing how do you manage that well, depends what the medium is. If it's Instagram and it, she's referring to stories, a lot of them are fake accounts. Mm -hmm. fake, uh, they're bot accounts where they'll just go through people's stories and watch them. And the the goal, we, we encountered this years and years ago. There was bot accounts that would like your picture. And the theory was you like a picture. That was enough to get a follower back in the day. That's all you had to do, Mike. You just sit there, you like something, they'll follow you back. Eventually people automate that. It's not enough. Now, mm -hmm. Zuckerberg has said this publicly that he thinks the news feed is going to disappear and stories is going to be what's next. So you start seeing these platforms shift into more story-based uh, delivery of content and you'll see story, story, ad, story, story, ad. You get more ads that way than you do going through a news, new, uh, go, going through a feed. Where, where do you see social media in five, five, ten years? Honestly, I have I have no idea. I it's ever changing. Yeah, if okay, but same I'll, kind of stuff though, like same no, kind of platforms and content. I'll say this: 
anyone who doesn't change what they're doing, reevaluate what they're doing constantly and just gets comfortable, you'll get you will di- you will just die. Your engagement will die. You you will stop progressing, you'll plateau because they change the algorithm all the time. Uh Bobby, you mentioned you noticed videos were popping off. Mm-hmm. We noticed that too. And how do we notice that when you logged on to Facebook, the first thing at the top of your feed was a video. And then we started noticing more videos on the feed. But just just our personal Facebooks. We had meetings about this. We sat around. This was years ago. It's not the same anymore. But you have to be sensitive to what's being served to you. And then that's what you have to start catering mm-hmm. your con- content to and A-B test that. See mm-hmm. what your results are getting. You'll get more engagement out of it, vice versa. So to answer your question, Mike, I don't know. I, I do know that TikTok will be the next thing for sure. Yeah. And uh, the other thing I know is that the Yellow Pages is going to be no longer. <laughs> the, what, that, the what? Yeah. Like, what did you like say? The yellow, like the flyers used to send to door to door. That's no longer. No. Right? Like that is long gone. Yeah. I don't think the Yellow Pages, we had one at our office that was like thick. I found one that was like 20 years old. This thing was so big. And now they're like thin, thin, thin. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going to, it's going to be obsolete. It's like yellowpages.com or whatever. Yeah. I'm surprised that they're not already. I'm, I am too, man, because the only way they're in business is to cater to the, you know, the generation prior to us or the one prior mm-hmm. to that. But you know, that's soon going to be gone. So that's, that's, that stuff is long gone. So it's like, it's all digital now. Can I make a prediction on this Please. show right now? Yeah. I think that Google will be obsolete or at least how they serve us content, google.com, it'll stick around for our generation. But my nephews text me, it, it, you know, or my cousins text me. They're four or five years old. I'm like, how? You can't even read. And they go, oh, I do voice to voice to chat. Yeah. And that's yeah. the future. The voice to chat's the future. So Yeah, but Google is a search engine though. But the way they deliver us content is going to start radically shifting. And if Google doesn't dominate... Amazon Echo, uh, Amazon will, new companies will pop up. And, and 10 years after that, even that'll be obsolete. It'll, it'll just constantly be changing. You know about the, the Echo effect, right? Mm-mm. So basically, people are buying based upon verbal commands. So like right now, you want to search something, you go, hey, I'm going to go onto my computer, I'm going to type it in on the, my computer, and then there's going to be you know a search engine that pops up, and then there's going to be, I'm going to type in this, I'm going to type in that, now I'm on Amazon, now I'm searching this, and then I'm going to buy that, right? The echo effect are those echoes that Amazon released, right? The echo effect is when you make a command, and echo hears it, and then automatically purchase it for you. So you don't search anything on any computer at all, ever. So the echo effect was when um, a news story had replayed this kid ordering a dollhouse on an echo and because all the echoes that were in the same room as the tv they ended up selling hundreds and hundreds of dollhouses because the news reporter said and the kid said echo buy me a dollhouse and now all of a sudden every echo in earshot of that news reporter ended up selling a dollhouse and now they're like hundreds and hundreds are being sold oh my gosh yeah Wow. So that's the echo effect, basically. Huh. So what the future is that you, you, you're not even going to need a computer because you're just going to speak into something, and then that's going to do whatever it is that you want, whether that's text, buy this. Hey, I need, um, Jeez, you know, yeah. tell, um, you know, Walmart to deliver this or tell, you, right. know, whole, right. you know, Whole Foods to deliver my groceries 
today. The same ones I bought last week, and then someone's going to show totally. up at your door. You You're know, so, you guys are so right. That yeah. is so it because we're already lazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nobody wants to leave the house. Nobody wants to leave for lunch. No. Right. You're stuck to your computers or in your office, mm-hmm. and you don't want to get out and do anything. And you're so right. You want to sit in your bed or on the couch and order pizza yeah. from your couch. You're so right. I mean, you could do we, that now, but you, you you just you say it now. Mm-hmm. We might be too lazy to talk. <laughs> Someone's going to talk might, for me. Yeah, we might not have to in the future. Uh, Elon Musk is working on an implant, neural implant right now that basically it makes man and machine one, essentially. Not AI, but his thing is this will give us a fighting chance against the AI he thinks is coming. Not a chance, man. Yeah. No, not, not a but, chance, man. He, he, he smokes too much dope. Dude. <laughs> and the stuff he smokes is not maybe like beyond dope. Cause look, I, I appreciate him because we're talking about him now and he's smart because of that. Talk about marketing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Number one right there. Right. Household name right there. You know, and you can come up with ideas, you can spit it out and you can talk about it and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Just be in the limelight and he's doing the right thing. But that's a little bit too much. I man. won't put one in my brain. No. Yeah. That. yeah, it's hell hard no. enough to put your phone it's down. It's probably like yeah. living in a microwave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fuck, yeah, mm-hmm. that. And then it's probably a chip for the government too. Yeah, go ahead, Ralph. To to Bobby's point, th- where's social media going to be in ten years? Brand equity is going to be huge because mm-hmm. you're not going to say order me a dollhouse. You're going to say, I don't know, Fisher House, mm-hmm. a doll, doll. They better have YouTube videos of kids reviewing their dollhouses. They better have uh, crazy TikTok videos of their dollhouses dancing and getting smashed whatever they better be in people's minds mm-hmm. so that when they think dollhouse their brand pops up yeah mm-hmm. so that i don't know how they're gonna do it but that's gonna be huge in the future like and, kleenex yeah kleenex is a brand it's not they're kleenex when you think of kleenex yeah. it's it's actually a tissue yeah for your nose yeah, yeah. but everyone goes do you have a kleenex talk about branding true. dude brand Ooh-wee. awareness right yeah. there Ooh. yeah that's very true uh, the last one is um, how do you send a proper how do you slide in in DMs? <laughs> you guys are you're well, getting you're getting I, married. You're, I'll say this because um, I mean we all laugh and stuff about that because it's there's you know that connotation behind it. But I will say building relationships, yep. especially when you're starting, is extremely important. So this may be you know joke and all this, but like I made so many friends on my dog account that ended up helping me become bigger because of that that's because, so cool man because initially you know you're nobody and then you're like you're dming all these people especially all these influencers you're like hey can you do a shout out for me or can you like um bring attention to my account or this or that you know and nobody pays attention to you but every once in a while someone will and then yeah. they'll be like hey um sure you know what are you doing and then you're just like oh well i do you know this dog account i'm trying to bring awareness to dogs and like you know and get you know dogs adopted or you know whatever and then they're like, sure, yeah, I can get behind that, you yeah, know? And, yeah. you know, so it is, I mean, we laugh, but it is funny because that, that definitely is part of it. It's you know, it's, it's definitely building those relationships, um, you know, how you structure your strategy, you know, integration strategy as far as like, you know, what do you want to get out of this? Like, what are you trying to push, you know, and then attacking it and going straight for it, you know? Yeah. Roth? I 100% agree with that. <laughs> yeah. You, it's so huge when you're starting from nothing, some, from zero to to make those connections. Mm-hmm. Literally, not just with influencers, but with fans too. Yeah. If you if you have no reach, no, you mm-hmm. could. You used to be able to just put 30 hashtags in an Instagram post. Every single one, you'll get reach. They've turned it off. We've we've done A/B testing with mm-hmm. other influencers, and we've compared our posts to theirs. 
and hashtags have started hurting us and we don't know why we, mm. we, it's just a flip of a switch mm. so what do you do now if and and this isn't my strategy gary v made this one famous it's called the, the two cents you just go around leaving two cents on influencers posts that's a great dog those are a great breed for fetching mm-hmm. those are a great breed for water mm-hmm. they were they were bred between this year and this year Whatever your niche is, become an expert in it. Become a subject matter expert. Comment on the people with the following. People will like your post. It'll get served to the top. All of a sudden, you go from zero to a hundred mm-hmm. to a thousand. Mm-hmm. Then you organically build the following. Nice. Yeah. I will say too, with uh, the whole hashtag thing, um, like, you know, for me, definitely choose your hashtags wisely. Because if you're hashtagging, like for me, dog, there's like, 30 million people who have hashtag dog. And if you're like just a small account, that is just going to go by so quick and no one will ever see your post ever. Like if you're barely starting out, you definitely want to choose hashtags that are like a lower amount of people using those because you'll have a higher, a higher ability of, of your post actually being seen because less people are using that hashtag. So I wouldn't go with like, you know, 5,000 people have used that hashtag. I would go in like the hundreds thousandth mm-hmm. area you know yeah, so you're somewhat relevant right so are hashtags to... still relevant though i mean or is that like old age stuff i mean it's, it's just it's getting phased out right and, yeah and um the theory behind it is instagram facebook they don't like the fact that uh people have made entire careers around having a mm-hmm. following and what you've done is um nike wants to pay me to have their product in my video i have a million followers sick nike give me a hundred thousand dollars we can make it happen Mm -hmm. what we've done we've cut out instagram they built this whole you know network nike's not giving it to them because i'll give them more bang for their buck so much sense and and so what they're doing they're trying to chop the reach for these influencers just from under that from right under them and to your original point mike first full circle my the magazine brands that i had used to have that I managed they they had four million followers for Facebook and the throttle just kept getting more and more and more shut off we used to get 5,000 shares on one post on Facebook mm. and then eventually 2,000 then 1,000 then 500 then a hundred so uh, we responded with just post frequency went up but the same thing's gonna happen to Instagram and it's their business model they give you a taste of what's possible. They shut off the reach. Now you have to pay to reach your audience. And there's literally an option that says pay mm-hmm. to reach. Pay to your, promote. Pay to promote mm-hmm. your audience. People who follow you specifically. No one else. So that's what they want. That's what they want. Every single post you to pay to, to reach. And right. eventually this is going to have to be worked into people's business models. Well, look, TikTok is coming. Yep. So that can be a competitor of theirs. Yeah. So they might have to change things around or they're just going to go out and buy TikTok. Buy TikTok. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Someone get will rid buy of it. competition. Yeah. And and in China they ch- they have WeChat. That's it. I mean they have right. WeChat now, they have You can't TikTok. go on Facebook or Instagram no. or any of those. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And eventually What a great country. <laughs> it well, we're sort of becoming that right now. We have Twitter, Snapchat, Facebook. That's it. We yeah. have three. Mm-hmm. Most and Facebook's gobbling everything else up. So eventually we're gonna get to the point where we we're gonna have a WeChat. We're gonna have Facebook chat. We already have Facebook Messenger. And unless the government comes in and starts regulating it, 
we're going to turn into China too, just by the nature of capital capitalism. Your favorite uh, social media platform, not TikTok, because you you have a real hard on for TikTok right now. <laughs> Besides TikTok, what's your favorite? To be honest, I haven't even really used social media personally until this past six months. I, I I'd always post for brands. I'd always just consume it here and there. As of right now, I, I dig Snapchat just because of the personal connection with it. Mm. I have like 30 followers on Snapchat. They're people I talk to and see every day. Mm-hmm. I like the personal connection to it. Uh, so much so that I, I bought stock in Snapchat uh, last year. That I just believed in what they're doing was so different than everyone else. Where was it last year? It was like six bucks when I bought it. How about now? Uh, right now, today, I think 13 bucks. Okay. Yeah, it's doubled in a year. Yeah, but it, it went way down for that like that Kylie Jenner thing, right? Yeah, she, did she complain mm-hmm. about some update or yeah. whatever they did, and, and that was it. One one thing, uh, why would pe- you not go back to yeah. what people liked, right? Well, okay, anytime, in, and and this is true for digital marketing. Anytime you do a UX redesign of a website of an app, everyone hates it. Mm-hmm. That's why Craigslist is so successful. They just stuck with what everyone yeah, knows, right. what everyone likes, what everyone's comfortable with, and just didn't mess with it. But you know, I'm sure they did a million A-B testing. They tested the engagement rate for the user retention rate, how many ads they'll serve. Mm-hmm. They did all of that research. They had the new design rolled out. Everyone hated it. Kylie Jenner shat on it and the stock tumbled. Yeah. But look at it uh, now. It's recovered. Yeah, yeah. So are you guys down to take over my account for like a month? Sure. My mic up pod Instagram page? Dude, just take it over and just <laughs> do whatever you want. And just tell me like content you want me to send you. Like, hey, Mike, send me a video of you doing dancing the Halloween dance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mike, you got to do it, though. Yeah. I'm going to be your trainer here. <laughs> um, if anyone, you know, for anyone listening right now, make sure you're following the podcast. Make sure make sure you review it. Make sure you leave a, a comment, a review. That, that helps you. That helps you rank higher on, yeah. on iTunes. Yeah. We're trying hard here, man. <laughs> but you know, at the end of the day, it's fun. It's a passion yeah. of mine. I truly enjoy it. It gets me well, out of what I do every start day. Anyway, and it's not a job. Yeah. It's not a gig. It's when I'm preparing. I'm not like huffing and puffing mm-hmm. about it. I enjoy it, man. Mm-hmm. I, and it gets me to get to see you, and it gets mm-hmm. me to see you. And I'm gonna go down and go see my niece, Liviana, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> yeah. So like, if not, none of this happens if I'm not doing the show, right? Yeah. So that part of it, I love. You know, if this thing can explode and take off. And and do things and have other people listen to it and change their lives. I'm all for it, man. Hell yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. I've gotten cool texts. I've gotten a, I got a phone call last week about a guy I haven't talked to in a while. He reached out to me and he's like, dude, I listen to your podcast. Somebody told me about it. And unbelievable. I, I was it was Tiggy's with the ayahuasca. And he had a relationship with his father, a little you know, the one Tiggy kinda had. And he's like, I'm gonna go meet with this medium guy and in Newport Beach because of it. So I want to thank you. You know, you put us together and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, dude, that's pretty cool. If I didn't do it and if I'm not doing it, I don't know, it's not happening. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. It absolutely is. Mike, I'll, I'll say you inspired me uh, to start my own social media consulting thing. Up nice. till now, I've just done it for brands. Awesome. And uh, can, I, can I give a plug for of it? Of course. Yeah. Hell yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start a, I'm gonna start an Instagram account. Mm-hmm. From zero and just see how fast it'll take me. I, I grew TikTok in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So the, the handle is RG Social Marketing. And that's it. I'm just going to start giving tips. Nice. Tips on what's working, what what's out there. And just see what see will happen from that's it. A, that's a great idea. Just it really help, is. Just to help people. Because this is where it's at, man. Like the world is this, is social media. For sure. We're wrapped up in it. Mm-hmm. And er, I think 
everybody can take this show and take your guys' advice and run with it, man. Absolutely. So informative. Seriously, you guys were very good. I really appreciate you guys coming on. Thank you, Mike. I'll say one last tidbit, though. Please. If you do increase to a certain percentage, you need to be careful about how many uh, pay-for-posts you do for people. Because if you spend all that time building your follower base, you don't want to chase them away by doing a bunch of ads because mm. nobody likes seeing that. Yeah, for sure. So You want to be organic with mm-hmm. them, right? And yeah. Yeah, kind of still Nobody likes that. seeing that stuff. So yeah. just be careful because, I mean, I, I get reached all the time by people like, can you post this? Can you post this? How much to pay? Blah, blah, blah. And yeah. I'm just like, nah. I'm like, yeah. just because. Yeah, I'm not doing it for that, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're doing it to make a difference for the little puppies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, this was great, guys. Thank you very, very much. Um, got to end the show with pet peeves. Do you guys have pet peeves? I've got one. It drives me nuts. Let's hear it. When you're in a movie, you're in a movie theater, someone pulls out their phone, full brightness, and they go on Facebook, they go on Instagram. <laughs> and like, you, dude, put it away for an hour and a half, two hours. But you know what? That happens to me Like, if when I'm home Netflixing. An hour turns into like three because I'm looking at my stupid phone like every 15 minutes and then I got to go back. It's like, what are you saying? <laughs> pisses me off. Yeah, that happens to me. So that's your, how about you, Bob? Um, when you're standing in line anywhere, right? Uh, coffee shop, anywhere that you're standing in line and the person in front of you doesn't use the time that they're standing in line to figure out what they want. Oh, and then by the time dude. you get up front, they're still like deciding and you're just like, dude, we just spent like, that's an hour one. in line, and now we're here. Now's your chance to tell them what you want. This Every, isn't the, the time to choose. Everybody you know? can relate to that. Yep. Imagine the guy behind the counter. Oh, Imagine what he's thinking. It's the worst. He's thinking the same thing. Like, dude, we, you were in line for 15 minutes. You yeah. didn't know what Put you want Put your phone now. away and then figure out know. what you want first. You know, That's so true. Uh, That's a good one. I have, I, have, I have an answer to that. I've been that guy. If I don't have my glasses and it's hard to read... This is what you okay, do. That's an mm. exception, though. But this is what you do. You look at them and you say, what's your most popular item? What are you known for? Mm. What would you get? Mm. And they always have an answer. They go, that. And yeah. you just order it. And People it's, usually aren't that smart, though, Rob. Yeah, they're yeah. not. Common they don't sense have is that. not common. Yeah, they don't have that. And you get a surprise. You, whatever this place is known for, you, here you go. How about cold showers? I, I told myself. I wasn't <laughs> oh, gonna, man. <laughs> I wasn't going to ask people that anymore. Hell no. <laughs> I've turned on. That's a hard no, bro. <laughs> you ever done this, Mike? You just stand there and you turn it all the way cold right out of the gate. No buffer. Yeah. yeah. Of course. It's the best. It is. It's like a hundred cups of coffee right out. No, but no. If, I, I have a thing. Like even at work, right? So I have a thing about cold water. So like washing my hands has to be warm water, right? Really? Yeah. So like anytime oh. anybody is like washing their hands with like cold water, I'm like, dude, this guy's secretly a serial killer. Like who? <laughs> so, who? That's why you're has me cold weird water. <laughs> when wait, you have the option of hot water. Wait, but question: <laughs> How about when you wash your face in the mornings? Hot? Um, Don't you like like cold? Like wake well, you up? Well, it's like warm. It's yeah. not like it's, hot. Yeah. You know, like, mm. I'm not gonna scold my face, but mm. you know. I don't feel clean unless it's scolding hot water. Exactly. Give, Bobby, I'll give you that That's one. That's why. Yeah. I'm just like, who the heck washes their hands with yeah. cold water, you serial killer? Get out of here. <laughs> well, and the cold water, I don't even think, like, takes out the dirt and the bacteria when you're washing your hands, right? Isn't uh, the hot better for that? Actually, I think I read an article somewhere that says that it, it can't possibly get hot enough for it to do that. It's okay. mostly just a preference thing. So soap's doing so it. So you'd have to, like, scold your hands for it to be that hot. You just know? try it, man. Tomorrow morning. Just just turn it no. turn it hot. 
<laughs> and then slightly to cold. Mm-mm. Roth, you do it tomorrow. I, I I love doing that. Oh, okay, good. So I got one. That's good. Mike, do you ever do uh, ice baths? Yeah, I've done an ice bath. I've done an ice bath like after a game. Yeah. But I've I've gone in like uh like a spot like a jacuzzi okay. where it was like the heater wasn't on. So I go in there. That makes me feel good. But the temperature is like probably sixty degrees. But I've done an ice bath before. Yes. And you, initially is the absolute worst feeling. I was probably in there for like maybe five to seven minutes, mm-hmm. but wh- once while you're in, you're good. You're good yeah, to go. Numb. The body adapts. You, you yeah. go numb. Yeah. I used to have a back pain, sciatic, yeah. sciatic pain, and it was one of the only things. Forget drugs. Forget medicine. That shock therapy, you just the sciatic nerve pain would just completely dissipate. Really. The the your body releases an anti-inflammatory response, and it just feels amazing. Dude, and cryotherapy. I've never tried it. I've always. Go, you want to go Saturday? Yeah, I'm down. I'm serious. I'm, I'll go we're, with you. We're going. We're going Saturday. You're in. I'm in. Let's do it. Let me know, Bobby. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. This was fun. Thanks so Thanks, much, Mike. Good times. Thank you. By the way, Bobby served for our country. We all thank him for that. That obviously is in, extremely important, as we thank him and all of the other uh, brothers and sisters who have done so. For our country, without them, we aren't able to do what we do every single day. So they are really the heart of our country. Uh, fantastic show. Rafi was incredible. So many important things uh, that he brought along with Bobby. These guys built something that is not easy to do. They make it look easy. And when things, when people make things look easy, that's the number one compliment, right? And when uh, they're not out pouting their chest, uh, doing it that's even more impressive uh, you have to find out about it Bobby didn't tell anybody about what he did for a long time and he kept it kind of to himself and that's that's the most impressive thing for me because you do it and it took him a year to get to 25,000 followers and it was like boom 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 55,000 followers now in a couple of years and then Rafi <laughs> what do you got 11,000 followers to 11 million whatever he did with at Motor Trend, I mean, that is stupid numbers, stupid, stupid numbers. Uh, seriously, really impressive stuff. And this is where we're going, right? Our society, our country, the world, it's all social media based now. So this is stuff that is important for all of us to know about, to grow about, and uh, and to promote, our, promote ourselves and market ourselves and make sure that we're successful because marketing is a very important tool. Uh, I've got some really very, very cool news. The show is now going to be podcasted live on Instagram. So as I do the show and as I record the show in the studio, uh, I'm going to be live on Instagram. Uh, so that will uh, obviously be uh, continuing to be a podcast on Spotify and iTunes. But when the show is live, you're going to be in the studio with me. So that'd be a pretty cool dynamic. Look out for that on my social media, Miked Up Pod on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and all, um, I think I'm only on those three, but if you can follow me on Spotify and iTunes, that would be great. That way you'll know exactly when the show will be up. Thank you so much for making me a part of your day. It means so much. No wasted days. Good night, everybody.